Fatherhood is fascinating. One day you're dad of the year, and the next day is, well, the next day. Welcome to Positively Dad, a podcast designed to help dads embrace the journey. Welcome to Positively Dad. My name is James Shaw. I'm your host, and I'm a dad just like you probably, although I found out we have a bunch of moms who listen too. So moms, thank you very much for listening. And we're very excited that you have joined us for our journey on Positively Dad. This is episode number five, and the feedback that you've sent us has been so amazing. And the um, it's just great to hear that Positively Dad is adding value to you and to your families. And so I'm excited that you've joined us. So I started this because, you know, the, the thing that was most important to me that I could think of actually ever growing up even was, was to become a dad. And uh, seven years ago, uh, my wife and I became parents. We have a first grader. Her name's Naomi. And you'll actually hear her a little bit later in the show. We involve her in every podcast episode with the Kids Corner. And, um, you know, it's just a joy. Well, the thing is, is that it's not easy. And, and when you go out and look for information and help and support and articles and and just people to connect with there's a lot more stuff for moms than there is for dads you know they have moms of preschoolers at churches all over the place they've got if you look at parents magazine it's always about the moms you know if you just everything is about mom well positively dad is about dad and helping dads become great ones and today we're going to look at something that i found to be really interesting and we're talking about reading Keep in mind, I have a first grader in my house. We do a lot of bedtime reading and just reading together, and our daughter absolutely loves to read. And the credit for that goes to my wife, because Terry has been reading to her since she was little. Now, I remember when Terry was pregnant that I loved reading to Naomi right before she was born, and I'd read Green Eggs and Ham. I call it the top-selling sales book of all time, Green Eggs and Ham. And I'd read it to her over and over, and it's still one of my favorites. And, and, and still, though, I am not usually the one that sits and reads to her at night when she's going to bed. And, and, and truth be told, I don't particularly enjoy it. It's not my favorite thing to sit and do and read a book. In fact, sometimes when she was younger, you know, you'd look at a page, and it'd be really long, and you just want to go to bed or wrap up bedtime. And so all of a sudden, we'd turn four paragraphs into two sentences. It's funny, I was talking to some friends of mine about that last night and found out that he does the same thing, right? He would, he would uh, give the abridged version, if you will. Well, the thing is, this is pretty common. In fact, I found some research that says only 19% of dads enjoy reading with their kids. I found another study that said nearly all, not all, uh, the large majority of reading to children is done by moms. Well, the research shows that they need to hear from us, too. And uh, today's guest is going to talk with us a lot about that. And so I'm very, very excited to be able to jump in and look at that with you because there's huge value in us sitting down as dads and reading to our kids. And, and the truth is it's because we read differently than they do. I'm very excited to have our guest on today who's going to talk about this. Her name's Dr. Elizabeth Dersma, and uh, she did this research while she was in the United States with Harvard, where they went and looked at dads. She's now out in Australia, back at home, and so I'm excited to have her on the program today. Dr. Dersma, thanks for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure, and, and you know, I, I, the reason that I wanted to have you on, and you're all the way, you know, halfway across the world except while you were here in the U.S., you were part of a study that looked heavily at reading with children and even looked a little bit, you know, and talked some about the impact for dads. And so I'm, I'm excited mm-hmm. to have you on. 
Tell me just initially, what were some of the findings that stood out to you about the value and the importance of reading with kids? Um, well, when I looked specifically, we knew already that a lot about moms, if they read, that it benefits their language development. And in the study, this was particularly focused at low-income families um, because, you know, they might be at risk for lots of other issues because of poverty and having less access to resources. And I was particularly interested in the dads because we had collected a lot of data on the dads, but most people seem to just be interested in the presence of having the dad there. But I always think it's not just about quantity, but it's also about quality. So, and I've heard from dads in the past as well, ask, saying that they like that I looked at reading and not just at, you know, rough and tumble play, because it seems to be kind of stereotypical. That's what the dads do. They go out, play, you know, football or, you know, sports with the kids. But some of the dads also said to me, I don't like any of that. I prefer to just sit inside and read to my children. So what I found is when the dads started reading to their children when they were quite young, back then we, we started at age two, but I think these days a lot of parents start earlier, that when they did so consistently, you know, doing this on a regular basis, would say a couple of times um, a week, that it really had a clear impact on children's language, cognitive, and what we call emergent literacy skills, more so than what the moms did. So we kind of, what we do is then you, you build like some sort of statistical model and you control for what mom's already doing. Um, so, and I had actually expected, I thought, oh, what moms do is that's just, you know, what matters. But I found that what the dads did actually um, made a impact in different areas, especially the cognitive development, I found interesting. And when I looked more closely at some videotapes we had, I could see where that was kind of coming from, that the dads used a very different approach to the reading, where moms, I always call them, they're more like teachers. They know, you know, uh, the kids need to know their colors, their numbers. So they ask a lot of those questions. And with the dads, it seemed to be more about, you know, I'm just spending quality time with my child. And it's not necessarily that, you know, I want my child to go on to college. So we need to learn how to read. Tell me a little bit more about then what you found. So moms are pointing out things, you know, yeah, so okay, very, what color is the yeah. car yeah. and stuff like that. How are dads bringing a kind of a different life to this? Because it sounds like from your research, the there's certainly the time the kids are reading with mom brings a lot of value and a lot of development yeah. and growth. And then they get something completely different from dad, which brings a lot of value in development and growth. So what are dads doing differently? I think I've, I found they were more laid back. They didn't see it as like a task that they needed to do. Uh, and it was more like, you know, something they could both enjoy doing the dad and the child. And when they were reading, uh, the moms would make sure like we're reading every word in the book and dads were less concerned about it. They would just flip through the pages and follow uh, more the lead of the child. Like if a child, you know, gets got, you know, kind of distracted or wanted to go to something else, then the da dad said, okay, let's look at the next page. And they make far more comments about, um, things related to the child's own world. So if there was a dog in the book, they would say, oh, remember that dog looks like our dog. Or one funny thing was actually when they were reading a book about spiders and the dad admitted that he was really afraid of spiders. And he told his son this and said, you remember daddy was, we, had, we found that spider in the bathroom. Daddy was really afraid and we had to go 
get mom to kill the spider. So they made a lot of more of these kind of connections to the child's life um, and their experiences. And we know from research that that type of, you know, interaction is actually really beneficial for children because, you know, if you're two and three, you have to, you know, think about, oh, remember that, yeah, that spider. And so making those cognitive leaps is really great um, for children. So, and it's interesting because recently I started, um, I've collected some data here in Australia as well on um, a book that parents use that has very specific instructions. So it's supposed to be dialogic reading, but uh, what may, most middle class families do automatically, like they ask questions about the story while reading. Um, these families, uh, in this, these books, they're hints like, oh, what color has, you know, the dog or what is the dog doing in this picture? Really to encourage parents to talk more about what's going on in the book. But the, the moms are really, I don't want to, sounds very negative, but they really, they want to finish it everything. They want to do everything that that's done in the book while the dads just kind of pick and choose. Like they didn't feel like, oh, I have to do it the way that it's scripted. So they had more of a laid back um, attitude towards it. And, and it could be because maybe the dads don't read as often. So this is maybe a little bit unfamiliar terrain for them. But also maybe, the, but maybe I think they see it as a different thing where moms are really like, you know, oh, the child needs to know their letters, numbers. And especially I think in this day and age where there's so much about competitive parenting, um, I think that's a lot of moms doing that and not dads. Interesting. So, so when, when dads were reading, I'm wondering if, you know, their interaction, you're saying their interaction is more casual. Yes. So it's, would it be more playful? Is that basically what you're yeah. saying? Yeah. They're, they're, you know, they, there were a lot of times, especially with the younger children, when we did a whole, in, especially in the U.S., we did a whole, reading was just one part of a small activities. And by, by that time, the children already had had, you know, an hour and a half of interaction. So a lot of them were tired, especially when you're two or three, that's a long time. Um, and with the, with the moms, they're really like, oh, we, we got to go finish this book. You know, this is really what we need to do. The lady tells us to do it while the dads were like, oh, well, you know, he's tired. Just, just you know, let it go. So it was just really, yeah, I, I, th I think it's also probably because moms um, may may have more clear expectations of what their children need to do before they get into school. Um, and I've, I've heard that from a lot of early childhood centers, especially here in Australia as well. Some of them have specific, you know, areas, what they call the school readiness corner. So they teach their children um, the alphabet and do a lot of like direct instruction, which I'm not a big fan of. Um, well, what's and, the point of school? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I also think, you know, at that age, kids learn through play, you know, not through drilling them, you know, the letters of the alphabet. So and I think that's that's at least that's what I'm thinking. Dads are less concerned about that. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I think that makes probably for the difference. And of course, you're talking in, in a generality based on your yeah. studies, right? A, yeah. a majority of the dads were, yeah. it's not that we don't have dads listening that aren't concerned about oh, their no. children's educational development. A, a majority Definitely of these not. dads were yeah. just more playful in their reading as opposed yes. to more academic. Yeah, even physically when, um, you know, we asked, they, they, they were sitting, they were put in a room where there were some chairs as well and there was carpet on the floor and um, 
the, the mom spent a lot of time negotiating where to sit, literally, and also, you know, doing more the logistics, like, do you need to go to the toilet? Do you want to take your jacket off? Uh, where are we going to sit? And the dads, most of them just plunked on the floor. You know, the, the chairs weren't even an option, and the, the children would usually climb on the dad's lap, um, and the dad would say, so, what are we going to do? So, very more kind of a relaxed attitude, which I think is really important especially in this day and age because i find this whole helicopter parenting is not doing anyone any favors so and i always tell dads i said what you're doing might not look like you're doing a lot but i even if you just read to them a couple of times a week and it's only 10 minutes they're going to remember that and that's going to make a big impact even if it's not directly on their language but also on their attachment and their memories of you know what's what's a good role model for a father you know one who reads to their kids as well so that's interesting now your study you did this you uh, this was a study you did with harvard so this yeah. was up in the boston area is the parents that you looked at is that right well we were in uh, rural vermont so that okay. was a they each um so we had this was part of early head start and each site we had about 16 or 17 sites uh, chosen specifically to be some sort of a representation of low-income families in the U.S. And we had predominantly low-income white uh, families in rural Vermont. And rural, I'm talking very rural, you know, no cell phone reception. Some families had no running water. Um, so, but I think even with those those dads, really, when I did some interviews as well, or I, I just asked them, do you want to be involved? And there was, I mean, of course, we didn't get all the dads, but the dads that wanted to be involved were really involved and always wanted to be involved. And, you know, even though they had lots of, you know, stressors such as, you know, lack of money or, you know, the, they had five jobs between two parents and they had to move all the time or they lived in uh, an apartment that was, you know, mold invested and um, they had lots of mental health issues. They, they all did really, really wanted the best for their kids. And I think that was really what you know my, what we set out with the study as well to to get this negative stigma of low-income dads that they're in prison or not interested and yes some of them had been in prison or had you know not a clean rap sheet but it doesn't mean that they're not a good dad and most of them really wanted to be you know involved in their children's lives as well that's interesting did you find maybe further along in the research or even after you published or from other studies did you find similar kind of informations as you looked at different economic, you know, situations for middle class um, family or an upper class family? Did you find anything that, you know, kind of shows the same data? Uh, do you think this is pretty universal? I think it is. Yeah. The, 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 the funny thing is that um, that there's not, a, uh, for example, here in Australia, we have uh, census data. So everybody is, you know, kind of the same as, you know, we're obliged to vote. Uh, everybody has to fill out, I think it's every couple of years, information on their family. And uh, we now actually have gotten so far that we asked that we have some input in the Australian government asking about the fathers as well. Um, but I don't think that we have any a lot of information actually on even middle class dads that 
they're doing this a lot or not because when I talk to them they're like oh yeah yeah I do spend some time with them but you know mom's doing most of the work and the research is showing you that it's really really good for dads to sit and read with their kids I mean the yes. the economic yeah. situation of the family is likely irrelevant in that yes. and that all kids can benefit from dad yeah. sitting down even in what I love what you're saying even if it's you know, two times a week for 10 minutes, there is yeah. immense value in that. I think so too. And it, and, and you can see that uh, we, we often hear that from early childhood centers, which are primarily female dominated, that most of the educators always say, if we get a dad to read, you know, all the kids are excited because he does the voices and it's less common to see a man doing that. So I think that's also why it's so important to, you know, see men engaging in um, uh, books and that you know books are fun as well and I've just been looking at some I'm, I'm about to write up a, an article which is with um, indigenous dads here in Australia so that's a study that has been following different cohorts of indigenous families for the past I think 10 years or so and um, in, initially I was just going to look at what these aboriginal fathers are actually doing in terms of home literacy activities but because um Aboriginal families have very complex family ties. So it could be that in some families, there's 20 family members living there. And um, so it's, it's, it's hard to kind of tease this out. But what I found is this was a small sample with about 200 dads. And one of the questions the interviewer asked was an open-ended question about what was the best thing, you know, how did you feel when you became a dad? None of the parents, none of the dads said anything negative. And I actually, when I presented this last year at the conference, you know, it almost made me cry because uh, a lot of these dads, even though they have been through all this hardship, they said, you know, my daughter has the best thing that has ever happened to me, or I love everything about it. <laughs> you know, one was funny, everything about it, about change, except changing diapers. Changing diapers. But <laughs> yes, but That's all funny. of the dads were really, um, you know, really wanted to, to, you know, whether it didn't matter if it was a, if they had a son or a daughter, but really liked to spend time with them. And they did lots of what I found interesting because they specifically asked for what type of activities, like home learning activities. Uh, reading was um, not a predictor for children's language outcomes, but I think that's also because in uh, Aboriginal families and also Native American families, um, storytelling is more of an, mm. is more prominent. But a lot of the dads actually said that they would, on a regular basis, color with their kids, uh, draw or even play with dolls or other things. Uh, not just what you would expect, just, you know, going out to play soccer, but um, other things. But, yeah, no, every activity they engaged in, they enjoyed with their children. So I think it's pretty universal that I would say that most dads are really keen on, you know, having their child, having a good uh, future and um, I think if we can get the word out that it's really cool for a dad to read to their child because, you know, kids imitate what they see at home. And if it's just mom reading, you know, it, it kind of sends this message that reading is more for girls, which it, which is, it, it isn't. But we can see later on that um, I just finished an, um, another study where I looked at 1,200 um I would call them preteens or about 11 years old and ask them if um, they how often they would read at home and you can see around the time that they go into middle school 
that the proportion of kids that enjoy reading kind of significantly kind of drops, you know, because peers become more important. But kids who were um, actually still reading had usually family members who read a lot and they often had, you know, books at home or they were often, um, you know, driven to the library or whatever. But having other people in their family who were also interested in literacy, whether that was mom or dad or didn't ask specifically, made a huge difference. So, um, so I'm thinking, yeah. And I, yeah, so I, I'm thinking, yeah, if we could get like these big NBA stars, I've done, I know they've done the, the American Library Association has done some um, campaigns with, you know, uh, some movie stars and their favorite books and stuff. But, um, you know, if you can get some really, um, you know, celebrities, they're inspirational to kids, uh, reading to, to kids, I think that that would be really terrific. We live in the Tampa Bay area of Florida. And the baseball team here, the Tampa Bay Rays, they do a thing every summer reading with the Rays and they'll have players oh, reading great. and they, yeah. you can get tickets to games by reading so many books and they do it over the summer. And that's fantastic. Yeah. And, and when I grew up in Indianapolis, the NBA team there is the Indiana Pacers. And I remember as a kid, you could call a phone number and a Pacers player was reading a story to you over the phone. And, wow, that's um, really good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I remember that as a kid that you could call and listen to Reggie Miller, who was is probably yeah. the best <laughs> Pacer ever, and reading some recorded story over the phone. And I would remember doing that. That's you said something cool. that, that reminded me of something when, it, you, you know, I have a daughter who's a first grader. And when she was in preschool, they did, you know, this like donuts with dad around Father's Day. And I, I couldn't go because I was out of town. I was really sad. So I asked the teacher if I could come in to the class and, you know, bring donuts for the class so she could still, my daughter could still have this donuts with dad. And the preschool teacher said, this would be great. And I said, is there anything else you'd like for me to do? And she said, absolutely. Please read to them. Wow. And so I grabbed a, my favorite kid's book. It's the best kids book in the history of the planet and quite frankly the best sales book in the history of the planet and that's green eggs and ham oh i love that book yeah oh yeah and so i took in green eggs and ham and i just remember first of all i had a blast and guess who else had a blast is every single kid in that room were screaming and yelling and reading the book and and yeah. um you know reciting lines and the the teachers were smiling i mean and so when you talk about how Sometimes dads might bring a different light to it. And we're not saying yeah. moms don't do this. We're just saying in your study, this is what you found that generally yeah. that's what happened. I mean, that was the experience I have. And the kids just seem to really enjoy it. Is that basically what you found? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, it's just something different, I think, you know, having, first of all, having a dad in there and then having him read. And especially Green Eggs and Ham is such a fantastic book to read out loud. Um, I mean, I still read it once in a while because I just love it. It's yeah, just awesome. so silly and, 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 but the rhyming is great. And actually there's been literature out there that if you read a lot of those books, it's actually really good for children's phonological awareness. So, you know, remembering the sounds of the, of words. So, uh, yeah. And it's, and it's, and isn't it great that someone who wrote this book, well, I don't know, 50 years ago, mm -hmm. that it's still popular. So there's no kind of. You know, with a lot of books, there's just no time limit on, um, you know, the books as well. Someone told me once that great teachings don't change. And this is an That's example true. of that. Right. So, yeah, yeah. OK, so let's take it to another place now, then, as as we kind of wrap it up. And that is OK. So we see that 
some of the stuff your study has shown about why dad's reading is important. What's it do for the kids? Like specifically, how is it helping develop our children? Well, I think the the first one is, you know, having that relationship and having, you know, having dad make space for you. So really feeling, you know, you're important enough for someone to take out time of their schedule and making it this special time, especially if it's at night and it's kind of like this, you know, uh, downtime and settling into some sort of a, a routine. Uh, but also, like I mentioned earlier, having this male adult reads because you don't, uh, well, nowadays, I mean, I, I don't know, but here, if I go on public transportation, everyone's on their phone. It might be that they're reading, but you don't see a lot of kids actually, or even adults reading physically a book. So where are they going to see people who read a book? And then when you go into, you know, bookstores, it's usually women who buy the books, but you don't see a lot of dads actually reading uh, to their children. So having that role model and um, even when I think when they're reading themselves already, I think it could still be really great to share, you know, some books or even if you're, you know, not reading aloud together, but, you know, dad and, and child share the read Harry Potter uh, and talk about it. I think that's that's really, you know, a gift that you can give your children. Um, just the role modeling and, you know, the attachment and everything that comes along with the reading as well, because I think that reading is just more a marker of, you know, time that parents are spending with their children and, you know, value that time. And I think especially in this day and age where everybody's on their phone all the time, um, you know, I often see, you know, yesterday I was at the hospital and I saw this little girl, you know, really wanted to get her mom's attention um, you know, she had a book with her, but mom was just interested in her phone and just blew her off. And I thought, oh, such a lost moment because how, you know, how, if this happens three, four times, is she going to stop asking to be read to? So um, that could be a challenge. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Two other things on my mind that, I, that I'm curious about. Did you find that it helped, you know, based on what you're saying, did you find that dad's reading helped kids at all in school? Um, I haven't looked at specifically yet, but when we looked at, um, you know, early when they were about five years old, when the dads started reading when they were about two years old, I think they probably often started earlier, but that's when we started asking questions. By the time they were five, these kids were actually ahead of their peers in emergent literacy skills. So the skills, you know, trying to, that you really need to learn to read. So yeah, they did, they did have a step up. Um, compared to dads who didn't read to their kids. And so, then what about behavior? Did you find that, you know, that they that kids were, I, I don't know, was there just any relationship between dads reading and then children's behavior? Yeah, I haven't really looked at that, but I think that would be a really interesting one to see as well. And um, that's one where um, I just have a PhD student who started looking at this as well, where we're trying to set up an intervention um, which is called um, SMS before school. So we're getting trying to get dads to uh, sign up through, um, you know, their their mobile phones, and then encourage them with text messaging to reach their children and as well to um, play, you know, rough and tumble play, because we know that's really good for emotional regulation. So hopefully, once we you know, in a couple of years, we have collected some data, we can see as well that if the kids read, 
um, or if the, the dads read with the children, that this helps with their emotional regulation um, as well. I, I, I mean, my based on the literature, I would say it might help because there is some literature out there. It's not a lot they did in the 90s where kids who were insecurely attached to their mother, not necessarily their father, but just to their mother, um, have more difficulty focusing on the book. But, you know, that's kind of a chicken and egg because you don't mm -hmm. know if it's mom, you know, being too impatient because some people expect, you know, if you read to an infant, that's pretty challenging because you don't get much of a response. Right. But, you know, they hear your voice and it takes a while. You know, once they're four, six months old, they really start to engage uh, and you can see the benefits as well. Um, so I would definitely think then, you know, because that builds also that that attachment. Uh, but I, I don't think we have any research out there okay. um, right. that, you know, that would say, yes, that's definitely. But my based on what I know from the literature, I would definitely say there there must be some sort of a link between the two. Perfect. Okay, so what would you really want dads to know? What's the message that dads need to hear? I think that dads really need to, um, uh, you know, well, first of all, I would tell moms that they need to give dads time to spend time with each child and that they can choose what to do during that period because we often still see moms as gatekeepers saying, oh, you're doing it all wrong and you need to do this and this. And then, you know, maybe go to the library, pick up a book together and then read in the library and have that one-on-one -on -one time or, you know, have the children, at, you know, um, read to the children at night, you know, having that special time while mom's doing something else, not interfering, but, you know, let's go read a book of the child's choice or, you know, it could be anything that the child likes. It could be the sports pages or anything else, but that you just spent that time around literacy. And it's not so much, you know, the book itself, but it's more the conversations that you have and, you know, just being close to each other. I think that's, that's the key thing. Anything else that uh, we didn't cover that we should have? No, I don't think so. Um, but I would really encourage dads to to read more often to their to their kids. I think it's still considered a, a woman's domain, which is ridiculous. Um, but um, yeah, because there are lots of men who read as well, and I think we could do a lot better um, to to have more boys engage in reading when their dads set a role model and that they, even if it's just, you know, sports pages or magazines, but if they see them reading as well. And I think with the devices, you know, it's a little bit difficult because you never know. Someone says, oh, I'm reading a book on my phone. You never know if that's really true. But yeah. I think it's it's something different when you have, you know, the paper and looking at the pictures and talking about it. So, uh, awesome. yeah. Dr. Dorsmith, thank you so much for joining us on Positively Dad. We really appreciate it. You're very welcome. Thank you very much. Fascinating stuff from Dr. Dersma. I'm so glad she joined us today. And you know what's sticking out to me is let's read to our kids. And and look, I'm talking to me here. You know, you might remember in one of the first episodes I said I'm having a conversation with me and you get to listen, and that's the case here. I've never been the dad that loves to sit down and read with her. That's what my wife does. Terry does that with our daughter, and, and they read every night. And Naomi loves books, and they do all the things that Dr. Dersma said. They go to the library all the time. They are reading all the time. It's just something they do. And when I would read, you know, it's just like, all right, let's get through the book. And, and um, you know, I've not been one that's loved reading all the time either. That's something that's grown over time. So my takeaway is 10 minutes a couple of times a week, and it doesn't really matter what it is. That's what she said. Ten minutes 
a couple of times a week and just read something. So, uh, you know, that's good advice. There's a couple of books, though, that stuck out to me as she was talking that I thought I'd share with you that I enjoy reading because she says, you know, dads bring a different kind of flair, if you will, to reading. And so two books stuck out. You probably heard of both of them. I'm just going to mention them, though. One is The Book with No Pictures. That's a great book. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I like making, you know, voices, sounds, and, and, and doing all sorts of stuff. And Naomi giggles and chuckles and laughs and and has me read stuff again. So book the book with no pictures is a real good one to look into. Another one that I love, in fact, we used to buy these by the case and give them out as Christmas gifts and birthday gifts, is the, is the Tickle Monster Laughter Kit. Now, you've probably heard of that one, too. If you haven't, it comes in a, in a box, and it has a book with the Tickle Monster, and it comes with these kind of mittens that you wear that turn your hands into like this furry blue, like you're the tickle monster. And it's just a lot of fun. And then I love reading Green Eggs and Ham to her. You know, what I love about those books is you just get to make voices and have a good time and they giggle and they laugh. So anyway, good advice from Dr. Dursma. All right, well, we end every episode with it, right? And that is, what's Naomi thinking? So here you go. Here she is. Now, by the way, I got to tell you, the way we do this is uh, I just tell her, hey, what do you want to talk about? Talk about it. And then we throw it up on the podcast. So um, this is true Naomi, my first grader, giving you kind of her thoughts on whatever topic she wants to cover. Here she is with the Kids Corner. What are the kids thinking? Time to find out in the Kids Corner with your host, Naomi. Hi, I'm Naomi Shaw. And today we're going to talk about what it is like for your for your dad or your mom to read a book to you. Now today I'm going to talk about the book with no pictures, but I'm not going to read. So the book with no pictures, my dada does funny words in it because it's a funny book. And my mom just talks seriously in it. And one time I read it and I said, well, I don't want to spoil the words for you. I was like, dada laughed and laughed and laughed when it was appropriate. It will definitely be fun to read the book with no pictures. It's funny and it the book with no pictures like it's going to be like a serious thing. But it's not. It really isn't. Thanks for listening. Bye. Have a great day. Alright, a book report on the book with no pictures. That's fun. She does love the book and it's a really good one. So thanks for listening. We appreciate it. You know, one thing I'd ask real quick, if you wouldn't mind, wherever, whatever platform you choose to listen, whether it's iTunes or Stitcher or TuneIn or Google or or um, uh, just any whatever platform, would you rate us, please? We'd really, really appreciate any rating. And then even a review that you might leave would just be so wonderful because we'd love for people to know about Positively Dad and they're going to learn about it from you. And so we appreciate it. I also would love your feedback personally. James at PositivelyDad.com. You can also find us on all your social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Positively Dad. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.